Hello and welcome to Tales from the Sisterhood, where we amplify conversations that matter. My name's Melanie Williams and my co-host Joanne Shaw will not be with me tonight. I'm going to do an article reading. I wanted to record, record this article that I read several weeks ago by Sharon Salzberg. It's called Self-Love is an Adventure, Not a Destination. And I'm dedicating the reading of this article to my, to my daughter, Savannah, and to her friend, Katie. I'm watching these girls grow up. At this time, Katie is 12 and Savannah is 14. And there are so many conversations that happen between them and conversations that I get to be a part of where I see the strengthening of that voice in your mind that tells you you're not special enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough. You're not smart enough. Um, all of the not enough sayings that frankly are lies, especially in the case of these two beautiful girls. And it is heart wrenching for me to see them struggle, but it also brings so much hope to my heart because I struggled through the same questions. I struggled through the same challenges and the same fears, but the way I see these two girls navigating this is beautiful to me. And I believe that the conversation that's happening between the two of them is the answer to so many broken relationships and painful journeys. We all need to have someone in our lives that will speak the truth to us. And sometimes that truth includes telling someone that they drastically need to shift their self-perception. So it's my goal in reading this article that girls like Savannah and Katie and all of us will start to take a step back and question that voice inside our head that tells us these negative thoughts. Because the truth is, it's a choice to love yourself. And it's a choice you have to make every single day. You have to choose to get up and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm grateful to be this person. I'm grateful to have my strengths and my weaknesses because I'm doing my best. And I see the beauty that's there, whether it's a a beautiful shade of brown eyes or an almond-shaped eye, long, beautiful hair, short, funky hair, long limbs, petite limbs, whatever it is, we all are unique, singular beings. And every day that we wake up and we look in the mirror and we have distaste for ourselves, or we feel dissatisfied with who we are, things about ourselves that we can't change, our height, the color of our complexion, the way our hair is, things like that. Battling against ourselves is such a waste of energy and we're all here to do really important work. So it's for all the women who have that voice in their head that says, if I were just a little bit taller, a little bit thinner, um, however we think being different would improve us. We are good enough exactly as we are. We are here to do beautiful things and we all deserve to be loved by others, but mostly we deserve to be loved by ourselves. So self-love is an adventure, not a destination by Sharon Salzberg.
I have never believed that you must completely love yourself first before you can love another. I know many people who are hard on themselves, yet love their friends and family deeply and are loved in return, though they might have difficulty in receiving that love. But it's hard to sustain love for others over the long haul until we have a sense of inner abundance and sufficiency. When we experience inner impoverishment, love for another too easily becomes hunger for reassurance, for acclaim, for affirmation of our worth. Feeling incomplete inside ourselves, we search for others to complete us. But the equation doesn't work that way. We can't gain from others what we're unable to give ourselves. It's important to recognize that self-love is an unfolding process that gains strength over time not a goal with a fixed endpoint. When we start to pay attention, we see that we're challenged daily to act lovingly on our own behalf. Simple gestures of respect, care of the body, rest for the mind, and beauty for the soul in the form of music and art or nature are all ways of showing ourselves love. Really, all of our actions, from how we respond when we can't fit into our favorite genes to the choice of foods we eat, can signify self-love or self-sabotage. So can the way we react when a stranger cuts us off in line, a friend does something hurtful, or we get an unwelcome medical diagnosis. As Maya Angelou said in her book, Letter to My Daughter, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. I started meditation practice as many do with the need to turn around that tendency to feel reduced in my life. Still, it takes a special courage to challenge the rigid confines of our accustomed story. It's not that easy to radically alter our views about where happiness comes from or what brings us joy, but it's eminently possible we truly can reconfigure how we see ourselves and reclaim the love for ourselves that we're innately capable of. That's why I invite students to set out on this path in the spirit of adventure instead of feeling that real love is a pass-fail exam that they're scared to take. Although love is often depicted as starry-eyed and sweet, love for the self is made of tougher stuff. It's not a sappy form of denial. You still might feel rage, desire, and shame like everyone else in the world, but you can learn to hold these emotions in a context of wisdom. Real love allows for failure and suffering. All of us have made real mistakes, and some of those mistakes were consequential, but you can find a way to relate to them with kindness No matter what troubles have befallen you or what difficulties you have caused yourself or others, with love for yourself, you can change, grow, make amends, and learn. Real love is not about letting yourself off the hook. Real love does not encourage you to ignore your problems or deny your mistakes and imperfections. You see them clearly and still opt to love. I think that there's so many nuggets of wisdom in this article by Sharon Salzberg. 
I really adore the concept of recognizing that self-love is an unfolding process that gains strength over time, not a goal with a fixed endpoint. So to me, exercising self-love is like exercising any muscle in your body, whereas you can repeatedly strain that muscle and push it past its comfort zone. You gain strength, you gain endurance and tenacity. So now at this point in my life at 42 years old, I do have self-love and it is one of the greatest gifts that I experience on a daily basis. I have small acts of self-love. I've mentioned in another podcast how one of the things that I do throughout the day is to put on a really rich, creamy face lotion that I've doused with some kind of essential oil, frankincense, lavender, tea tree. Um, and it just feels so amazing and so refreshing and indulgent, like a little love note towards myself. Um, I also love to have conversations with friends where my opinion is respected and, um, desired. You know, I like to move my body and see how strong I am and what I'm capable of. And all of these little things lead me into a deeper connection with myself. These practices are not things that I brought into my life until I was in my mid to late thirties. And I am so thrilled to see my children learning to love themselves from an early age. It's it's a really challenging walk to decide to be content with yourself, to appreciate who you are and to find the beauty in yourself. Uh, and I think when you do that, it's such a shift when you find your own beauty and you see your own beauty and you wake up in the morning excited about the life that you're living, positive about the experiences that you're going to have and the contribution you can make. It's this interesting dynamic where then you push yourself further outside of your comfort zones because you have so much faith in yourself, so much faith in what you're able to accomplish, so much faith that even if you fail, it's okay because that love for you is still there. And the other thing that she talks about that I love is that, um, feeling incomplete in ourselves, inside ourselves, we search for others to complete us. Well, here is the very harsh truth of life. And I know Katie and Savannah have both heard me say this before, but no one else can fill you up if you're not full on your own. You have to be complete on your own and you have no control over how someone else sees you. Literally, you can be, you can try your hardest to be kind and funny and interesting and engaging, and you still might not be someone's cup of tea, but there will certainly be people out there, friends, companions, romantic potentials <laughs> who will see the beauty in you. But it, if you do not see it yourself, no one else can see it. Um, 
this weekend, my husband and I bought a stove off of Craigslist and the price was very, very attractive. Um, too good to pass up in reality. And when I got there to see it, I easily would have paid seven to 10 times what the gentleman was asking very easily. But he was the one that set the value for the stove. You know, he had done a renovation. He didn't need it. He just needed it out of his house. But I see the value of it to be much greater than he did. But I didn't say, here, let me give you 10 times what you asked for. He was happy with the price and that was the end of the interaction. But it's the same with us. If we see ourselves as not very valuable and we come into any kind of relationship, whether it's a work relationship, a partnership, um, a romantic relationship, a friendship, and we do not see our own value, then it will be impossible for others to see it. And we're setting ourselves up for an unsatisfactory life, for a hollow life, a life where love is deprived. We are deprived of love of our own choice. We are depriving ourselves of love because no one else can give us what we are not even able to give to ourselves. That doesn't mean that you don't see things in yourself that you want to change. That's not at all what we're talking about. It's not arrogance. It's not cockiness. Those are not even the same thing. In my opinion, those qualities, arrogance, they come from a sense of lack, not abundance, not fullness. There's also the issue that if we spend all of our time seeing faults in ourselves and when we're in the company of people who care about us, all we do is point out our own faults, we bring the entire energy of that time together down. Because here is someone who loves and values us, prizes us, and we are constantly tearing ourselves down in front of them. It typically has two results. One is to make that person really not enjoy our company very much. And the other is to make that person feel less confident in themselves because here they are looking at someone that they find to be very interesting, very fun, incredibly important to them. And that person is telling them repeatedly how little they value themselves. Well, then we can start to think, well, if, if I see her and I think that she's beautiful and smart and interesting and fun, and she doesn't see that in herself, then maybe I don't see myself realistically. And we are the sum of the company that we keep. So we always want to make sure that we are bringing a positive element to every interaction. And that starts with self-love. So I'm very grateful to Sharon Salzberg and the work that she does to bring a conversation around self-love and the choice to value ourselves to people. This is a very important conversation. It truly is a conversation that matters. And I feel like self-love is more of an issue. I can't say this, but um, it is a real battle for girls growing up in this age of imposter syndrome and extreme comparison and social media to love themselves. And we have got to be the sisters. 
we have to be on the front lines of that because every girl that grows up not believing that she is beautiful and valuable and has something real and priceless to contribute to the world, that's another voice and contribution that is missing because we can't bring anything new to the world when we don't even think that we're anything special. So let's talk about these things. Let's bring these conversations out into the open because conversations are the antidote to shame. They are the best tool for connection and growth. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear from you and what you do in your own journey towards self-love. I hope you have an amazing day. You are beautiful and it's all good in the sisterhood.